1: Welcome back in. Hour number two of the program here on Friday, here on the first day of September. And again, 508-996-0500. Let's go right back to the phones. Good morning. You're on WBSM.
2: Morning, Mr. Weisberg.
1: Good morning. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, I heard you say you were under
1: the weather. So <laughs> Yeah, a little, little, uh, little pain, physical pain here. I don't know what's going on. I should probably go get it checked out.
2: You said that the other day, too, didn't you? I heard you the other day saying you were under the weather, too.
1: Yeah, I just haven't. uh, I've been stubborn about it. So maybe today I'll go to the doctor and get it checked out.
2: Um, Can I talk about something uh, diet-related? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yesterday I made meatballs, and for a long time I have been using crushed pork rinds instead of, you know, the breadcrumbs.
1: Crushed crushed pork rinds?
2: Yeah. You get the pork rinds you buy in the bag, you know. Mm You crush up the amount you want. Now, people, when they say to me, I talk to my friend, oh, you know, that, I said, listen, I don't use a whole bag. After I crush them, it's like no more than maybe sometimes. If I'm going to make a meatloaf, well, then I'll use a whole cup of it, which is really not a lot when you crush those rinds up. But I usually use only like maybe a half a cup or even a little bit more than half a cup. If I'm going to make some meatballs, enough meatballs for two days, not just one day. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go through all that, I'm going to make enough for... I like to prep the food, so it's in the fridge. If I need a snack, even if it's 2 in the morning, I know I can always go in there and grab two meatballs or something like that. Sure. So I'll do that. But what I wanted to talk about, talking about the food, the seasonings and spices that a lot of people don't understand, that there is carbohydrate in them. So if you're wanting to lose weight, you have to cut that off temporarily. It's not forever. You don't always have to have the garlic powder, the onion powder, the paprika. All, I cut all that out, and now all I've been doing the past couple of months is a little sprinkle of salt for, to make it taste a little bit more palatable, and that's it. So it works good for me. And if I need a snack, sometimes I will just open the bag of pork rinds and dip two or three of them in a little bit of butter. It doesn't hurt. The fat is not bad for you.
1: Yeah, they actually, they actually say if you're, if you're on a low-carb diet, that pork rinds are a great snack to have because they're pretty much pure, pure protein.
2: Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, too, you can overdo that just like you would do with nuts. That's why uh, the carnivores and, and even the keto people will say, hey, watch out with the nuts in the beginning. If, you're really, if you really want to lose, there's no need to even have it. You can live without nuts. I do like walnuts, and they say those are pretty good. The macadamias are very, very low carb. Once in a while, I have them. The point is, you have to be mindful because I can go overboard eating nuts. If it's like 10.30 or 11, way before any lunchtime, and I'll say, gee, I feel like a little something. So when I'm having my coffee, I might grab some of those kind of nuts. But now I've learned. I measure them out in a little uh, uh, ramekin, and I say, well, this is it. I'm not going back for that bag. This was what I'm going to have, and I got so used to that I don't even have to measure it at all anymore. Yeah, Just put them in the palm of my hand, and I know what I'm going to do.
1: You know, I, w- I um, would I would recommend if you're looking for a low carb like sauce or marinade or something to, to be able to utilize. There's a a company called G Hughes, and they have a great line of very low carb, uh, sugar free um, sauces and and yes, marinades, I I've and seen that. really good. I've
2: seen that. Yeah, and there's another uh, uh, guy, too, uh, on the bottle. There's another one. I forgot what that one's called. But I've done away with sauces for a while now because, you know, something you can overdo with that, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you make, a little, you make a little homemade personal pizza for yourself. And, uh, like, I've used uh, uh, just this was when I was still using the shredded cheese, which I don't do no more. So it's, I kind of find it a little harder now, but I will grind, grind it, grate it myself. And then you just put a couple of pieces of pepperoni on it or some yesterday's cold chicken or something on it. And you just nuke it on a paper plate. But the trick is this. My friends got very upset at me. I said, put that in the paper plate and nuke it for, you know, 20 or 30 seconds. It'll get nice and crispy. It'll be like a pizza. She goes, yeah. But then they got mad because they said, oh, when I took it out of the microwave, it was so sticky. I couldn't get it off. It was stuck like burnt. I said, I forgot to tell them. You have to buy the paper plates that are shiny and slippery, not the real paper, paper ones. You can tell that they're not shiny. You've got to get the shiny ones, and it'll slide right off the plate. So every now and then I will do that, too. I'll put leftover stuff on that. But um, I know this this one's really going to (laughs) sound crazy, but I'm dying to try it because the other day when I was eating pork rinds and I was, you know, dabbing it in a little bit of butter right out of the butter dish, and I said, gee, this tastes good. And for some reason... In my mouth, it tasted like chow noodles. I know it sounds nuts, but it happened to me. No, I can. see that. To somebody else. Yeah, I can see that. So I'm going to be looking for a way to make a little bit of not very thick gravy because I'm not into the gravies of sauces not not for a long time yet. But if I can figure it out with some little brown uh, brown gravy in the pan and then mix in the not crushed pork fries, but break them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put crushed as it's powdery. But I am going to do that, and I'm going to see how that. Replaces Charmin charming because i love charming and i just while i'm trying to lose weight to get to my goal i am not going to fool around with none of the keto cupcakes listen i've done that for years it will hold you back you have to wait till you lose it all and then dabble a little bit and keep checking your sugars and see how it's working out now i know i took enough time i thank you for that but i do want to still say before i hang up good morning to shawnee okay we all have our own feelings i understand where she's coming from i don't hate nobody for that i still want to have a cup of coffee with her i still want to be friendly with her so no matter i mean i have a mouth like everybody else but i want her to know that i don't hate that lady i don't at all so i want her to know that i just don't like the way she goes with this trump thing i don't like the way you go with it and i still talk to you i don't want to hold on to nothing too long because it makes you sick inside and i don't like that I still like her and i'm gonna continue to like her
1: yeah she's a very Look very that, nice person so
2: yeah i know she is I, I i really know she is we just disagree in politics that's all that's all it is and i don't condemn anybody for that because they're human just like i am and they don't have to go along with what i like
1: you know and i and i always say if politics are the things that we disagree on well then you know we, we probably agree on just about everything else
2: i think so too <laughs> All right, so good morning, Shawnee, and if you don't want coffee with me, that's fine, too. I ain't going to just pass out from it, believe me. All right, have a good day.
1: You as well. Take care. Uh, Bye-bye. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM.
0: Hey, Tim, can I show you something a little bit? Sure. How about this? You've got the whole world in your hands. hmm What do you say? That was Doom song,
1: right? Yeah, Wi-Fi? yeah. Very, very sad. Uh, the, the sudden tragic passing last week of uh, Wyndham Rotunda, uh, better yeah. known as Bray Wyatt in the WWE. Yeah,
0: you no, know, I'm a wrestling fan, and I used to read your columns all the time. I'm still a wrestling fan today. I mean, since I was five years old. But the thing is, tragic about that is the story behind it. I guess he he um, got COVID in like March. Because mm-hmm. he's been away from brainpool so long, and got you know, some type of heart issue afterwards.
1: No, I, I from my understanding, he had a heart issue already. Oh, he did. Yeah, and the the COVID nineteen exacerbated his heart issue, and so yeah, he's he he had a, had some issues in the past before. Um, and, you know, and again, the WWE doesn't tell you everything that's going on, but right. if you remember, you know, he had he had gone out before in the past, um, even before they had cut him loose. And then right. there, there's some reporting out there now that the reason why they might have cut him loose in the first place when he was gone for a while was because of this issue that they, you know, they wanted him to get this taken care of and then he didn't. I don't know how true that is. That's just something that I've seen in some of the internet reports, but he had had this issue and then he caught COVID and that exacerbated the, you know, the heart issue made it worse. And, uh, and he never could. Cause if you remember, they were building him toward a WrestleMania match with Bobby Lashley and then like, nothing. It just never happened. And, and and nobody addressed it. Nobody said anything. Why. And this is the reason why.
0: Yeah, and they were building this character, like, who's, it, like, um, Uncle something. Uh, yeah, know,
1: Uncle like, Howdy, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, and maybe it was going to be, like, both Dallas or something. But mm-hmm. he's trying this tragic, 36 years old. I just want to get your thoughts on it because I think there was also uh, reports about him, a little bit of depression as well. Um or something like that he did
1: he definitely did struggle i mean i read a great article i don't know if you go to the ringer.com um it's a it's a great site that has really it has it reports on all things sports and in pop culture and they have great wrestling articles and they had a fantastic piece uh that they were actually working on prior to bray's death about him and it really dives into like his childhood and bo dallas's childhood and what it was like growing up the son of irs and um, and, and kind of the way that he saw his place in the wrestling world, and you realize this is a guy that saw wrestling from more than just what it was. He saw it as a dramatic performance, and he found he was creative enough to, to find ways to make an impact in that regard instead of just being another run-of-the-mill wrestler, which, you know, he wasn't that either. He was great in the ring. So it's just it's a shame to lose a guy like that at, at 36 years old when he could have had another 10, 15-year career.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right,
1: sir. All right. You have a good day. You too. Bye bye. And uh, that's for for those of you who aren't wrestling fans. You know that's that's a huge loss for this generation of wrestlers because not only was this a guy who um, had had success unto himself, but he built up a lot of the other talent that had gone into programs with him. And he was also one of the few wrestlers that really worked close with the writing team to have his character do what he wanted his character to do. So it, in the old days, you know, I say the old days, I'm talking about the, the glory days of the 90s when they were at the, the height of their popularity. The WWE had one writer, actually two writers, Vince Russo and his, his second in command, Ed Ferreira. And they would have all kinds of input from the wrestlers. The wrestlers were really just being amped up versions of their own personas, and as such, they would bounce ideas off the wrestling team. Over the years, it's, it's evolved to where Vince McMahon wants to hire television writers, people who are trained television writers and have a television writing resume. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr., the actor, was a WWE writer for a couple of years, like recently. So the that's the, the the change in approach is now instead of it being like all right help us talk about your character and what he's going to do now it's here's your character and here's how you're going to perform it so it's a it, it's a big change in the way that it's done that's why a character a, a guy like L A Knight is really hitting it big with the audience right now because he's a throwback to that style of you know this is just who I am and this is who I've been for all these years in other organizations but WWE fans hadn't seen it so. Let's ride with it. And um, that's why I think he's one of the most exciting wrestlers they've had in a while. 508 996 0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM.
0: Good morning. How are you? Um, maybe if it's a, okay, maybe it changed the subject a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was reading something in the paper about uh, this Magellan ship coming to the city. Yes. But the thing is, two stories gave it two different days. One said, Sunday and others said Monday. I mean, is there any way to clarify what day it's actually showing up?
1: Yep. Give me one second because I got an email from the uh, mayor's office on that. Oh, cool. I can look that up uh, exactly in that email. So, according to this press release from the mayor's office. Uh, bum, 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 bum. It will be here. It'll it'll arrive on New, in New Bedford on September fourth, so that's Monday, and we'll open for tours at the marina from September fifth through September tenth, from ten a.m. to eight p.m. and you can purchase oh. tickets on uh, at the Pope's Island Marina or online. Oh, cool!
0: But they don't know when on Monday it's going to be arriving, like. Morning, afternoon. No,
1: right it doesn't have a time listed, and and as you know, with with uh, ships like this, it's it's really hard to pinpoint that. You know, like when they yeah. when they sail the Mayflower up and down, it's kind of hard to know where it's going to be at what point because it's not like a regular boat where you can you know really have control of that situation.
0: That's true. I mean, that's still under sail. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. Well, uh, thank you very much, and have a great uh, uh, three day
1: weekend. You as well. And uh, so, again, if you haven't read about that, you can read the story at WBSM.com and on the app about the, it's a replica of a tall ship from the Portuguese explorer. It's, uh, the, the name of the ship is now Trinidad, which is a replica of the 16th century tall ship that sailed with Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan's fleet and circumnavigated the world. This is the 500th anniversary of Magellan's historic trip. So just imagine what that was like 500 years ago to say, I'm going to go out and circumnavigate the world. You don't, you, they didn't know <laughs> what you would encounter in certain parts of that trip. I mean, the the spirit of exploration that people had, and granted, I know there's a lot that comes into play with it. Um, there's a lot of good, a lot of bad but the, just the spirit of exploration. Imagine the type of person it took to say, you know what, let's go around the world. Now you've got people who are like, I'm going to go bicycle around the world, minus having to you know, take a ship in certain spots. But back then, to sail around the world, was considered a Herculean task. So this is a great way to celebrate that. This is a great way to celebrate the contribution of Magellan to the world and to see a replica tall ship in person. I mean, that's... Even if you don't care about the history of it, which you should, but even if you don't care about the history, just seeing a ship like that in person is pretty cool. You know, people think that um, they, they go and they, they pay for the Mayflower tour. And they think that that's what all ships of, of that era, the sailing era, were like. But that's, that's a small one. <laughs> that's, that was a um, last-minute purchase by the Pilgrims. They were just taking what they could get when they bought the, the Mayflower So you want to see what the ships were really like. You got to see some of these tall ships. These are what the explorers were out there in, circumnavigating the world and discovering new places. And you'll be able to see it starting Tuesday. So it'll arrive Monday. I'm sure a lot of folks will want to go down there and see it arriving. Whether it be from Fort Phoenix, maybe from the south end of New Bedford, maybe going down to Pope's Island directly. And then starting on Tuesday, you'll be able to actually tour it. But again, get your tickets in advance by going to the Pope's Island Marina website or go down there and get them at the, the office there. Should be a lot of fun. Maybe, maybe on Monday I'll, I'll pop down and, and see it come in, depending on what I've got going on. That would be cool to watch. And, of course, if you do go and you take some photos or some videos, you can always send it to us on the WBSM app. And uh, and if we use it and we put it on our social media or write an article and put it in the article or anything like that, we will give you full credit. All right. Well, I'm going to take my next break, 508-996-0500. We'll be back in a few moments. And we will take more of your phone calls at 508-996-0500, more of your app chat messages on the WBSM app, as well as some of your open line voicemails. And, uh, and of course, also later on, we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Ward 2 Councilor Maria Giesta. We will talk with them at the beginning of the 8 o'clock hour, right after the news about a lot of things that have been going on in the city, uh, including... Councilor Giesta's attempt to get some more information about the revisions that are being made to that 99 year lease that is proposed for the Zyterian Performing Arts Center, which is critical considering the renovations are already underway. So that's something that I think we're, we're going to want more answers to sooner rather than later. And I will get an update from Councilor Giesta uh, coming up uh, in the eight o'clock hour. But right now, it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. President
3: Biden will visit Florida in the coming days after Hurricane Adalia slammed the state. Biden told reporters he plans to travel Florida on Saturday. Adalia, which has now been downgraded to a tropical storm, made landfall early Wednesday off of Florida's Gulf Coast as a powerful Category 3 hurricane. It's the strongest storm to make landfall in the Big Bend region in more than 100 years. And preliminary estimates show Adalia may have caused between 12 billion and $20 billion in damage. Brian Shook has more.
0: That's according to Moody's Analytics, which said Thursday that the price tag won't be nearly as high as other major hurricanes. The National Hurricane Center says Hurricane Ian caused more than $110 billion of total damage last year, making it the third costliest U.S. hurricane on record. Idalia made landfall as a Category 3 storm in Florida Wednesday before making its way
3: through Georgia and the Carolinas. I'm Brian Shook. Hawaii Governor Josh Green says the number of missing people in the recent Maui wildfires is expected to drop into the sing- d- double digits. In a, single, in a social media video on Thursday, he noted that the death toll remains at 115. Last week's unaccounted for list released by the FBI included the names of nearly 400 people. Since then, many have reunited with their loved ones or were never missing. Green added that a big update is coming today. U.S. mortgage rates are finally cooling down this week. Trey Thomas reports. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage average is still over 7%, but ticked down to 7.18 after five weeks of
0: increases. That's according to data from Freddie Mac. The home loan company's chief
3: economist said that recent volatility makes it difficult to forecast where rates will go next. I'm Trey Thomas. And video of Sunday's T-Rex race at Emerald Downs tr- Racetrack in Auburn, Washington has gone viral. Kids 14 and under were dressed in T-Rex costumes and raced 100 yards on the dirt track. Bringing up the rear were two four-year-old best friends. Alex Schooley and Sidney Petrie, were far behind the pack of T-Rex racers holding hands as they ran their oversized costumes finally crossing the finish line. In sports, the Boston Red Sox head to Kansas City for a game against the Royals today, starting a new series. First pitch is at 8:10 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. As we head into this holiday weekend, we have a gorgeous stretch of nice, mostly sunny weather ahead. For today, we do have a rip current statement, so if anybody heading out to the beach, just be aware that we have dangerous rip currents through this evening. Overall, today it's going to be mostly sunny. We've got a high near 74 degrees. Overnight tonight, clear and cool, low of 57. For Saturday, plenty of sunshine, highs near 74. And for Sunday, a few clouds warming up, high near 79 degrees. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Right now, it is 56 degrees in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app.
0: Tim wants to hear your voice this morning. Even if you can't call in. Open up the WBSM app and hit open line to record a voicemail he can play on the air. Now, more Tim here on WBSM. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave.
1: Said Fred wrote that song for me But it didn't feel appropriate to make that The theme song of the show But uh, I'm glad No actually I shouldn't make that joke I shouldn't say that I inspired that song I was in 6th grade when it came out That would just be creepy uh, But that's, that song and Right Said Fred Are actually still hugely popular In their native England So It just goes to show That great songs stand the test of time Come on He's too sexy for a shirt Later on, he's too sexy for his hat. What do you think about that? There's a lot of things that he's just too sexy for, including his cat. Poor pussy. Poor pussy cat. Anyway, yeah. Do you remember the Right Said Fred's second song, though? No? You don't remember Don't Talk, Just Kiss? All right. Well, maybe we'll play that sometime. Five. excuse me, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Now, one of the stories that you heard earlier in the news was the the Attorney General's office yesterday had a release in which they announced 104 indictments related to uh, 104 indictments toward five individuals related to the tearing down of the Harriet T. Healy Elementary School in Fall River that the person who bought the building and the, the he was the developer and he hired a couple of people to come and help him demolish the building and they went forward without the proper permissions or in some cases putting out false information allegedly and that led to the Demolition of the school over a period of seven months with crushed asbestos and lead being put into a powdery substance mixed with other debris and then spread that mixture throughout the site and on adjacent public sidewalk and neighboring residential properties. In the AG's press release about the indictments, it even mentions there being a a cloud that traveled through the neighborhood of this asbestos-laden dust. And this was because they just weren't following the proper procedures, allegedly. And the U.S. Environmental Agency had to pay $2 million to safely remove the asbestos from the site. So it was um, Eric Resendiz, 42 of Fall River, and his corporation Spindle City Homes that purchased the school. And then he hired Richard Miranda Sr., of a sonnet and his son Richard Miranda Jr. of a Kushnit and their company diversified roofing systems. He hired the Mirandas as the demolition contractors, quote, even though neither was a licensed asbestos contractor as required by law, and the AG's office alleged that they removed some, but not all of the asbestos containing materials from the interior of the school. So they they made an effort in taking some of it out, but then left some behind, crushed it up. And then put it out there into the neighborhood. And that they, when they um, applied for a city building permit to demolish a school, they included an inaccurate asbestos abatement report claiming that it had all been properly removed. And they failed to hire a licensed asbestos contractor, failed to notify the Massachusetts Department of Environmental Protection of the asbestos removal activities required by law, and failed to follow the safe work practices required under the Clean Air Act. And in 2018, the mass DEP stopped by and said, hey, stop this, stop this demolition work. But they allegedly ignored that and kept going with it anyway. So it's, it's, it's over and done with now. The site has been demolished. I believe they've already built houses on that site. But 104 indictments related to this case. And that's the danger of some of this. Is I know I know when you're trying to get something like this done, the red tape, such a pain, right? But there's a reason why some of that red tape exists, and one of those reasons is because we don't want you putting asbestos out into the air in the surrounding neighborhood. This was a neighborhood school in Fall River. This wasn't something that was out on a on a parcel of land down a long road away from other residential properties. This was a neighborhood school, and that. Asbestos dust got into the rest of the neighborhood. Now, the AG's press release didn't mention anything about it, but I I have to wonder, did anybody in that neighborhood get sick? If they had any negative effects that can be traced back to that asbestos dust, well, then these 104 criminal indictments are just the start because they could be looking at some civil ones as well. Because why? Because it was, you were, you were too cheap to follow the proper procedures because you were trying to get it done too fast to follow the proper procedures. What is the reason why? I get it. Yeah. There's a lot of red tape and some of it just seems unnecessary, but I don't think that's the case when it comes to asbestos. Wouldn't you want to be more careful just for yourself and your own crew that's working there too? So again, this is, you know, these are, these are allegations at this point. The defendants will be arraigned in Bristol County Superior Court in Fall River on September 11th. But that's a big deal. 104 indictments. 104 charges against these five individuals. For something that could have easily been avoided. For some, if they just follow the proper procedure, you can't tell me that a man who owns a development company and two guys who have apparently done demolition jobs before, even if they're not licensed asbestos contractors, they must have done it before. Everybody should have known better. Instead of crushing that up and putting it out into the neighborhood. which I'm sure has elderly people, young children. You know, I I didn't go out there myself, but I was on Google Maps to get a photo of the school and looking around, I was like, yeah, this is just a regular, normal residential neighborhood in Fall River. And all of those folks got exposed to asbestos because these guys allegedly couldn't follow the proper procedures. 508-996-0500. Take a break and be back in a few moments. Fred's follow-up to I'm Too Sexy, which sounds very similar to I'm Too Sexy. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hello, you're on the air. No? All right. to call back. 508-996-0500. Or you can send app chat messages or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. Um, still looking to talk with anybody that might have gone down to the student demonstration yesterday to try to save the star store i saw a counselor ian abrew posted something on social media that he was down there Jack Splane wrote about it at newbedfordlight.org saying that there was you know a couple of hundred people down there but what what did it accomplish what are they hoping it will accomplish i mean when it's a foregone conclusion like it seems to be i don't i don't know how much of an impact that will make But it does, I think, put it into the back of lawmakers' minds that going forward here, we need to consider putting pressure on UMass to to follow through on the original plan for this building. Or at least be more forthcoming in its reasons why it won't be. And it's, uh, it's, it's a story that I think won't go away. Because, yeah, the school's, school year starts soon and these students will be in class and learning and you can say to them, well, you know, you'll get used to it. You'll get used to going to Bed Bath and beyond. You'll get used to being, uh, Jack Blaine was telling me, some of them are going to be in the foyer of a building taking classes. You'll get used to modular classrooms. But will they? And if so... What does that say? How well does that bode for the future of that program? Of the fine arts program? That that's what the university thinks about it. Yep, we'll just shove you in in an old retail space. They're going to start just finding other empty retail places and turning those into little campuses. We're going to start moving the, the history department into an abandoned restaurant maybe have uh maybe have some of the campus housing moving into some motels or something come on it's it's ridiculous to expect someone to pay for the UMass Dartmouth education and be sent to a bed bath and beyond for classes And I get it. It's supposed to only be temporary. But also, if you knew for a couple of years now that you were going to pull out of the Star Store, why didn't you have a better plan in place? So there's a lot of questions that still have to be answered. And we're not really getting them. Have you heard from Marty Meehan on this? I can't recall hearing from him on this. Have we heard from Paul Downey on this? Nope. So the key principal people involved in this need to speak up so that we know what's going on. Or I think that the public won't have an appetite for anything like this in the future. You've got state peer development coming. Do you think people are going to feel comfortable about whatever plan comes into fruition for that, seeing how this one fell to pieces? So get, get the answers for people. Get the answers for people so that we have a better understanding of what it is instead of just forcing us to look at what, what we're looking at and say, this is just a disaster all the way around. An avoidable one is that. i zero five hundred. I've got to take one final break here in the hour. Back in a few. All right. uh, We are going to be going into the news in just a moment. There's a caller on hold, but I'm not going to have enough time for you, and I don't want to have to cut you off after just 30 seconds. So what I will say is call back later in the 8 o'clock hour because coming up after the... Uh, 8 a.m. News. We're going to be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Ward 2 Councillor Maria Giesta. We're going to be talking about a number of issues uh, that have been going on in the city over the last couple of weeks because we didn't have the segment last Friday because I was out. So we'll catch up on some things and look to the future as well. And then later.